He's here for number five, appearance number five. Chris reigns forth from Verint. Uh, welcome, sir. Hello, hello, pack. hello. You're leading the pack now. So this is episode um, 63, and we're going to start doing things. We're going to introduce a bit of a theme, and that is an episode that um, people can listen to. This is the theory. <laughs> an episode that people can listen to where we'll take a topic and it will we'll just share some tips. So um, whether it's by getting the text or listening to it, hopefully it can add value. And for the first one, we've chosen a topic close to both our hearts and our experience back in the day, and that is team leader tips. So maybe you are, you've just become a new team leader or you're an existing one. Hopefully you'll find something from the tips. Now, Chris, you have given me a list of, of 10 and uh, we're, we're going to go through them. But firstly, um, why do people say in our industry that team leaders are the most important kind of group of people? I think for me, it is. I think, you know, from an agent to a team leader, they're your, they're your gatekeeper, right, of your organisation. And the team leader is the most, you know, one of the most important ones because they're responsible for not just the development of a good group of people, but actually that escalation point, you know, typically it's an escalation route for, for the customer. Uh, is that first line of defence, you know, if they do want to speak to someone outside of that. There's a lot of responsibility there. And I think we sometimes forget about the team leader as a role sometimes just because, it, 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 you know, we, we concentrate on the advisor, which is right. We do need to develop those people. But sometimes we just forget the team leader and the important part they play in the in the wider cog of the contact centre. Um, so, yeah, so I think this episode is just about calling out from our experiences. You mentioned it. We've had a very similar trajectory in life, um, you know, in, in terms of the contact centre world. And I think just going back and looking at some of the mistakes I made as a team leader, I think, uh, you know, I wasn't saying I'm, I, was, I wasn't the perfect team leader by any stretch of the imagination, but, you know, there's a lot that I learned in terms of growing up in that role and about people and about kind of all those little things that I think we could probably help uh, new team leaders on their journey or, you know, current team leaders that just want to, refresh themselves on, on on what things they should be concentrating on yeah brilliant one thing i um was remiss of me as well is this isn't i don't think this is just about team leaders listening to this i think sometimes senior leaders miss out the impact that team leaders can have on implementing a strategy I, i'll never forget leaving a like a briefing um, as a contact centre manager, so all my team leaders came with me. We left a briefing about a new initiative. And as they went out to their team and I was walking to get a coffee, I heard one of the team leaders was asked a question, what was that about? And they said, it just, yet another crazy scheme, blah, blah. They, they kind of instantly dismissed it, undermined it. And you, you know, I remember thinking, that's going to be really tough for that team now to get them to really buy into what yeah. what we want to try and do here, and it just shows the importance of that of that team leader. You know, they are the, the motivator of the contact centre, right? I think in in most cases, and you know that you know, one of the key things, and we might go on to when we get into the, the hints and tips, but their mood and their behaviour will shape a team 
you know, and it's important. And I think you're right, then the, the level above the operations managers or the contact centre managers, whatever the hierarchy looks like, they've still got to take kind of ownership of that development and that motivation because they're going to be again you know the conduit to, to kind of driving that frontline performance and I think you know let's give them the tools they need to do a really good job and support them and and, and, and kind of you know encourage them and, and, and all those things and I said I, yeah, I think sometimes we just forget and and mm-hmm. I don't think we do it on purpose. I don't think there's a there's a there's a there's a nastiness to it in any way, shape, or form. I just think, you know, it's that trajectory, isn't it, of kind of advisor, team leader, operations manager, and you kind of do that. And I think sometimes we forget as we move through that kind of chain or up that kind of ladder that the things that worked twenty years ago still fundamentally work today we just have to do them a little bit differently and sometimes when you know you kind of come up with an idea we've probably done it before at some point Mm. and it might have worked or it might not but I think we just dismiss things too readily because things have failed before rather than going okay so why did it fail that time what can we do differently to make it work this time because actually the outcome the, the benefit that we're trying to drive is where we want to be. So let's do something different to make it work. And I think, yeah, we just need to be really careful around how we, uh, how that kind of plays its way, uh, plays its way out through the, through the kind of management team. Especially as a, I guess, as a new team leader, being given license to, to fail is really important. But anyway, we could talk, I'm going to try and go through yes. your list. So number one on your list was be consistent and fair. Yes, I think, yes, right. So it seems really simple thing to say. But again, I think what we need to really be clear here is that consistency is a great motivator for people and fairness within a team is a motivator. You know, we've all worked in those environments sometime where, you know, someone might be performing poorly or, you know, someone might be performing well. And and actually, we're not treating people in the same way. And, you know, sometimes people, you know, you see people getting away with stuff, for want of a better phrase. And you go, well, why is that not being challenged? You know, why is that behaviour not being challenged? And But then we challenge a different behaviour. And you just think, well, if you're challenging that behaviour, why are you not challenging the other behaviour? What is it? It has to be consistency. And that motivates people. If people know they're going to be treated fairly, if they're going to be their performance management and development time and, you know, the opportunities to, to, to kind of step up or, or kind of be involved in special projects or whatever, if that's going to be consistent and not the same person every time or the same group of people every time, it motivates people, motivates people to, to work harder, to work smarter and get involved and, and, and have that opportunity to, to kind of step up when, 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 when they can and, you know, I think it's, for me, one of the key things that we need to remember. And that's, you know, across all management styles. But I think consistency and fairness is really important. I used to, um, it's a great point. And I used to say the danger here is you're going to move, if you've moved from peer group to team leader, you will have people you're friendlier with than others. And there's a real danger there. And like you say, the other the other one could be you've, you're a high performer versus a low performer. For me, it was about two things. Number one, do the work to understand your policies as soon as possible. 
because you can rely on them to give you what is consistent treatment of people, HR policies, operational policies. Number two, be careful that you don't set precedent. That was always the thing that was kind of drummed into me was, okay, you might say to someone, yeah, you can go and do this today because they've done well or whatever. You've then made it impossible to say no to yeah. anyone else who asks the same question without looking like you're favoring people. Yeah. So it, it's, you want to be popular, don't you? When you first move into that team leader position, you want, you want everyone to like you and respond well to you. Don't be afraid though, to say no, when it's, when you're not, you know, if it means the toss up between being consistent and not always be consistent. So I think that's a great point to, to start with. Number two on your list was develop yourself. Yeah, and take that time to develop yourself. You know, I speak about this a lot around you never know everything. You just don't. You might think you do, but you don't, right? But you can always learn and you can always learn and you can always get better at what you want, you know, in terms of how you want to perform, you know, your behaviour, your attitudes, you know, your kind of knowledge, those things. You can all take time to do that. And I think if you're not investing in yourself, it's hard to invest in other people because you'll you'll reach a plateau. And then if you're learning as stilted, then that will manifest itself on your team uh, and on the people around you. So I think it's really important to be just as focused on your own development as it is the development of your team and, 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 and you know, the guys that you're there to look after. Another great one. And it reminds me of um, a little story of um, I was managing a group of team leaders and we had access to online um, courses that our LMS team had uploaded. And there was a load in there about management and being a better manager and coaching. And I nagged up, pushed these guys, cajoled them, tried to show them the reasons why it would be good for them to do it. Um, in their own time to work through these courses to make them better at their job. Uh, fast forward about a year and I would regularly revisit who had done what courses because I could see it. Um, fast forward a year and unfortunately the contact centre we were in had to do some cost cutting. So we had to hone down the, the team leader population and we met as a group of managers and HR and when they were looking at the matrix to determine how do we assess team leaders that are doing very different jobs, blah, blah, blah. Someone suggested, well, why can we look at their, whether their growth mindset, whether they are out there looking for um, work? And of course, I said, we could use the LMS system. And it was kind of, for me, it was a perfect example of do your work. Do, do you work on that development? And if you're not, if you don't know where to look, there's plenty of resources, but you can also be requiring of people within the contact center to say, I want to, I still want to develop. I still yeah. want to learn. Teach me. Yeah. And, you know, and that's the key thing, you know, you said it before, you know, you, you typically you go from an advisor to a team leader and in some way, you know, that's kind of your progression path. Um, I don't know if you can hear the dog bark and apologies if you can. Yeah. Um, We're used to it. It makes it, yeah, I love it. It, it makes it us real, doesn't it? I don't know who's barking at his own shadow, probably. <laughs> um, 
So yeah, so, you know, typically we've gone through that path, and you know, and I, I did this research a few years ago. And I think I mentioned it here before that as an actual age group, you know, the team leader is one of the youngest in any industry for where you've got that level mm-hmm. of responsibility. You know, yeah. average age back then when I did it three years ago was around twenty-two. I think was the average age of a team leader in the industry, and that's low, right? That is really yeah. young. And you know, and, and I've seen examples of it. I was a team leader at eighteen. You know, you kind of think. You know, I, I know it was like 18. I've got no idea why anybody gave me any responsibility then. Um, but, you know, I, you are, but you, there is, when you're that young, there is a tendency sometimes to go, well, I've got promoted. I know I'm good at what I'm doing. So now I'll just forget about myself because I've, yeah. you know, I've reached that level. And, you know, you might, you might then move on and, and, and kind of promote up again. But typically you have that level of just stagnation for a while ago well i've been promoted i'm the big i am and you can fall into that trap sometimes and i think let's just remember that you can always get better you can always learn and balance the type of leader you want to be and then learn how to be that type of leader and you don't necessarily have to be that person 24 7 but you can be that person for the eight hours that you're working. And if that's who you want to be, you know, put on that, I call it the work persona or that kind of character that yeah. you play when you when you're going to work. And with that takes time. It takes time to learn how to be that person, learn how to be that type of mentor or leader. And, you know, you've got to give yourself time to develop. You, you just have to. Yeah, that's a really good point. I think... I've taken bits and bobs and tips and ways of dealing with things from every leader of every leader I've worked for even sometimes where it's the negative kind of like you're going right well I'm never going to do that yeah um but that's about being inquisitive isn't it yeah and number three don't cancel um value add meetings yeah this is a big bugbear of mine in our role as team leaders is to develop people and we can sometimes forget that because we're dealing with the customer and and I get that right so don't get me wrong I've worked in this industry long enough to know that the customer we've got we've got to look after the customer but what we sometimes fall in the trap of is going oh we're having a busy day or something's busy so I'm going to cancel that coaching session this afternoon or I'll cancel that one-to-one or whatever it is because I need to do this or deal with this escalation or whatever it might be what we sometimes forget then is to reschedule so I just think you know, if we're investing in our people and we're trying to be consistent and we're trying to be fair, then everyone deserves their value-add activity. Everyone deserves that time to develop. We've just said we need to give ourselves time to develop. You need to offer that same development opportunity to your people. And if we fall in the trap of cancelling those activities, it soon becomes disproportionate. So, you know, if you're if you're not cancelling fairly, essentially, and it might be the same person because oh, it's a Wednesday, and I've always got Martin's coaching session on a Wednesday. It's just unlucky. He's a nightmare. And then and then Martin's had a coaching session for six months, right? But someone else yeah, might have yeah. had all their sessions. So it's that thing of going be really mindful around how you um, utilize that value add activity, and if you do need to move it move it and commit to a new time there and then so you know have the conversations I can't you know today Martin I'm going to have to move your session but look I can put it in tomorrow morning instead so you're committing and you're giving that time and you're not forgetting that that time's important um 
you know, so I think we have to be mindful. I know sometimes you've got to balance that with your planning team and make sure that you can do those things, which is fine. You know, the tools are all there now to help with that, to make sure time's rescheduled and, and, and that type of stuff. So, yeah, just don't cancel it. I think it becomes really demoralising if the opportunity to develop continually gets taken away from the individual. Um, yeah. I think, you know, so, yeah, that's that's one that I think I'm really passionate about, making sure that, that value our time is is committed to. And rightly so, protect the people stuff, isn't it? Yeah. Um, number four, don't shy away from difficult conversations. Yes, on two fronts, right? So the first front, which I've been guilty of, I'm sure some team leaders listening to this will be guilty of, is that I want to speak to a manager. I'll just tell them I'm busy. Yeah. Right. Just tell them I'm busy um, because we don't want to deal with that escalation. But I think that takes away credibility and it is part and parcel of the role, right? Sometimes you've got to take the escalation, you've got to deal with it. And I think if you continually refuse to have that difficult conversation, your team will lose respect for you very, very quickly in terms of because fundamentally you're there to support them. And yes, nine mm-hmm. times out of 10, the answer you give that customer might be the same answer that your really well-trained advisor has given them. But that's not the point, right? The point is the customer wants to speak to someone else. So kind of don't shy away from it. Get involved and show that, A, you're supporting your team because that's fundamentally what it's about. You know, the customer's secondary in this for me. You know, we need to deal with the customer and, and deal with that escalation. But the first thing that should be on your mind is actually my advisor having a difficult time here. So I need to protect that advisor and I'm going to go and I'm going to stand that, you know, I'll take that call and and then we can do some development potentially or coaching mm. afterwards to kind of how we can manage the escalations in the future. So don't, don't shy away from that one. And then similarly with your people, I think sometimes when we've got to have a difficult conversation, whether it's around performance or attitude or behaviour, back to your point, especially if you've been promoted within and you're friendly with some of those people within your team, again, you've got to lay a marker in terms of the the respect that your team will have for you, the, the, the type of leader that you want to be, not saying go in and start being really kind of argumentative and confrontational, but if you need to have a conversation with someone about the way they behave or the attitude of it, you've got to have it. The, the, the longer you put it off, goes back to that first point around consistency and fairness the longer you put it off it would typically be other people have noticed that behavior or that attitude or that performance and if they see you continually not having that conversation again that respect that credibility those types of things start to be diminished so yeah you know on both sides difficult conversations are part and parcel of the role you know it's you know it's part of it's one of the terms and conditions of you you accept yeah. as a leader. Let's you know we can't shy away from them. We, we you know you've got to deal with them in, in you know and as you know as quickly as you can really. Don't let them fester. I think that's again great points, mate. Because especially having a difficult conversation with one of your team members, even just talking about it, I can feel a little some nerves in my belly just as a reminder of that the very first time you had to do it and maybe you put it off and maybe you thought maybe this person will stop doing this thing that I need to talk to them about or maybe it'll just go away it doesn't and the longer you leave it the worse it gets so just do it and maybe the first time it won't go so great but actually 
there will be people around you that have had difficult conversations in the past that can help you structure that conversation so that it isn't as bad as you think. And I think some of it, again, comes down to this point around expectations. So being able to talk to your team as a group and saying to them from the outset, I'm going to help you, I'm going to develop you, but I am going to call you out on stuff that you shouldn't be doing and yeah. I'm going to do it consistently. So they, it's not a surprise then when you do it, but you do have to do it to your point. Yeah. It, 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 it is part of the job. Yeah, and you know, I think we just... Again, you know, it's it is just about finding that right again. Who you want to be as a leader, you know, firm fairness, whatever it is. But you're right. The, the people in the organisation, other team leaders, more experience that you can discuss it with. You know, there's even the option, isn't there? And, you know, it kind of you're speaking to your leader, so your ops manager or your course of the manager, going, look, this is the problem I've got. This is the situation I have. What's the best way to approach it? You know, and just ask for help, you know, ask for help if you're struggling with those types of things. It does take time to build up that resilience and that skill um, to have that conversation and be empathetic and and, and be decisive. And, and those types of things takes time. And, you know, everyone's been in that situation. So, you know, use the experience of those around you to help you for sure. Definitely. Um Actually, this does then link into your number five, the balance between uh, a friend and a, a boss. Yeah, again, you know, we've mentioned it a couple Sounds of times. Sounds very David Brent, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. It Chilled does. out entertainment. <laughs> it does, right? But it is, it, you know, we work in Contact Centre, you know, it's such a close-knit environment, right? We've got a lot of people get promoted within you know, they've been advisors, they're now team leaders, and sometimes it's hard to separate, right, the, the, the kind of friendship and the, the the kind of fact that you're now responsible for for people that you might go out with on a Friday night, you know, that's yeah. that's part and parcel of it. Again, goes back to what I said, decide who you want to be as a leader, but still got to maintain that boundary, and, you know, it can blur very quickly, I think, in the contact centre, that kind of, that, that friend-to-boss role, and Again, if you then are using that friendship to stop you doing the things that you need to do as a leader, so having those difficult conversations and making sure you're being fair and consistent and challenging when you need to challenge, if it's stopping you doing those things, then you've probably gone too far over one way and you just need to take a step back and reflect and say, right, how do I get myself back into a point of respect where those boundaries can be easily defined? Um, Not saying it's easy, you know, um, and, you know, I've been guilty of it. I'm pretty sure a lot of people have been guilty of it in in kind of early career of kind of not having that right balance. Um, But it is one of the things that I see as as a risk, and I'm not saying don't be friends with any of your team. That's not what I'm trying to say at all. It's just making sure the the delineation is there between what you're trying to achieve. Yeah, I think again, really good point. Uh, For me, there's like a spectrum and as long as you're being true to yourself, um, you never use your friendship to gain something and equally um, you don't kind of become... There's a tendency, I think, especially when you're new into the role, you're more of a union rep than a leader so you're more like i'm going to fight every i'll fight every battle for you and you're that's not your role equally another extreme that again luckily in a minority i've seen 
is people become authoritarian yeah. because they feel like that's they're playing up to that role and that's easier for them to deal with than manoeuvring around a previous relationship. To, to become authoritarian when it's not actually who you are is really dangerous. You know, you, you can instantly alienate yourself, turn, you know, people won't respect you. It's especially if they've known you, right? That's the thing is that you yeah. kind of go from. I said to you jokingly when we said, let's have a look at, you know, what, what we're going to call out something. But it goes back to that first one that I said, don't be a dick, right? You, you know, <laughs> yeah. you've taken that that, there was only one on the list to start yeah. with. Yeah. But, but that, and I think it filters through that. That is the point. You know, you've taken a step up. People know yeah. you, they know what your personality is like. They, 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 they typically will know you as an individual, what you like, what you don't like. And then just because you've been promoted, why change who you are? It doesn't work like that. You've just got to rebalance. You know, I always think it's that thing of going, you know, everyone's equal. We've just got different responsibilities. Modern markets require modern investment approaches. And with Yield Street, that's what you'll get. Explore wealth-growing investments in art, real estate, venture capital, and more, with minimums starting at just $500 and targeting annual yields of up to 18%. Discover the difference a diverse portfolio makes and trade volatility for stability with YieldStreet. Visit YieldStreet.com to get started. That's YieldStreet.com. You know, that's my mantra on everything, right? No matter where you are and what you do, we're, we're, we're all of equal value. We've just got different responsibilities. And your responsibility as a team leader is responsibility for your team, your group of people and their performance and development. You know, that's your new responsibility. So embrace that responsibility. Just make sure you've got the clear balance in terms of, you know, what's friendly, what isn't. You know, it, it's well, exactly control. right. Mate. Don't be a dick and don't let anyone at a senior level or anyone tell you you can't have friends at different no. at different levels because you can yeah. and you must <laughs> because exactly, that yeah. that'll last longer than the job probably. Yeah, yeah for sure. I, I, I you say one of the first contact centres I worked in you know 20 odd years right and i'm best pals with one of the guys i first met on my first day of induction right you know it's yeah. you do you kind of you know we've both gone on in completely separate directions now but you know yeah. still up for a beer when we're allowed and and whatnot you know so yeah the That's friendship are, there. um number six communicate Yes, communicate. Sorry, I had a little visitor there. My daughter just appeared for those watching on uh, YouTube, <laughs> but in from school. Um, yeah, so communication's key. I think it links everything together, right, that we've talked around so far, is making sure you communicate effectively, but consistently, and, and, and kind of letting people know, I think, what they can expect from you, what's happening in the business. You know, I kind of hate this idea of knowledge is power and you know i've worked with leaders that would keep information in because they felt it put them in a a kind of better bargaining position or whatever the reasoning was and you think well if i knew that information i can actually you know arm my team to do a better job you know i can give them additional development i can do whatever so i think you know communication's critical you know in terms of what their expectations are, you know, what the expectations you have of them, how that expectation is being met or not, you know, performance management and making sure that's consistent and regular and all those things help. And I think even more so 
in today's world where we have that you know potential of managing a distributed workforce where we might have some people in the office some people at home we might have, you know at that now i think communication becomes even more important you know even if it's just that that, that regular check-in time with people to make sure they're okay and the coping and all those things all comes from a basis of good communication and making sure again you're taking time for your team uh, and giving them the information they need but also giving them the support they need and being open and available and, and all that good stuff I, I think this one also falls into the don't cancel value. So yeah. um, I used to have two rules for my team leaders was make sure you talk to everyone in your team at least once in the day yeah. so that there wasn't someone that could come in, work their entire shift and walk out and you haven't interacted with them. And number two uh, was talk to your team as a group. And one of the challenges that I got, which might sound common, to many is my team are on two different shifts and my answer was do it twice yeah. i'm only talking about a five ten minute huddle of hey guys here's the late here's where we're at here's what's new be careful of the vending machine whatever it was you know if you have to do it twice what is more important than communicating with your team or interacting with them there can't be there shouldn't be anything and I think if you are finding yourself with too much work or whatever that looks like, you know, you again might be looking at development, you might be getting asked to do special projects by your manager or whatever. Same rules apply, right? That you have to have that conversation and push back and say, look, I don't mind doing this stuff, but it's taken away from what my actual role is and my role and my mm. team, are, my team are suffering because I'm being dragged and, and, and doing some additional stuff over here. You, know, you control, you, you know, you control you. You, you, you control how you use your time on a day to day basis. And, you know, if the things you're doing are impacting actually spending time with your team, then you need to take a step back and have a look at that and go, actually, I need to change kind of some of my priorities here. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's easy to say, communicate, it's difficult to master. Yeah, it's true. It's like a, it's a skill that you can, um, get better at so about introverted team leaders who the thought of standing up and talking to their team when we were in a contact center or i guess even now doing it on zoom or teams it's actually very nerve-wracking and they would say i'm not an orator i don't like it there's a different there's a different style just be yourself you know you can if it's within a contact center you don't have to stand up sit down get everyone together just talk to them and i Again, I used to say to my team, even if they don't hear everything you've said, but you're there talking to them every day, that's the whole point is you're, you're showing up, you're talking to them and you're trying to create that esprit de corps yeah. that comes from clear communication. So I love that one. Yeah. Um, number seven, treat, treat team members as individuals. Yeah, we are often guilty of sheep dipping. Um, I assume that 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 translates. I love that one. Yeah, I love it. No, it's, but but it, we are. We, right? we would often say, "Have they gone through the sheep dip of induction?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and we're very guilty of it as an industry, right? I think we have been for as long as I've been in induction programs, and then 
the kind of coaching cycles and everyone's got the same KPIs with the same targets. Get, get them you know, under. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we've just, you know, we, 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 we've become very guilty of it. And it's not as bad now as it was, but I think the key thing for being a team leader is getting to know your people. When we get to know the people, we can then treat them as individuals. Now, when I mean get to know them, you know, yes, understand their family life and, and personal life and, and, and kind of that. But more importantly, things around, you know, what is their learning style? What actually motivates mm. them? You know, what are the things that they're going to respond to when you do? You know, some people are really respondent to targets and KPIs and, and putting a number in front of them and they love it, right? But then you've got people that, don't respond to that or don't react to that type of management. So, you know, it can't be a one size fits all. It has to be a tailored journey for each of your team. If you're going to get the best out of them, it takes effort. But, you know, back to what we've said, you're responsible here. Trying to treat, do everything in the same way will have varying results. You will get better results when you start to do things in a personal uh, and, and kind of targeted and tailored way for, for, for the people on your team, 100%. Love it. Love it. Um, number eight, involve everyone. Yeah, I think, you know, it goes back a little bit to consistency and fairness, right? But I think, and understanding your individual individuality of your mm. team, involve people consistently, but involve people in a way. Some at the door. Two seconds. I'm just going to wear. Uh, it's really middle class problem. My tea and coffee delivery man's come. How ridiculous is that? Um, you know, it's you all know, this old Yorkshire lad now getting his tea. And oh, coffee. look at this! Yeah, ridiculous. Um, but yeah, so dream of getting tea and coffee delivered. But yeah, when we go back about involving everybody, it goes back to all those things that we're trying to get to, right? So mm. understand what they're trying to do and just make sure we're not forgetting people. You know, make sure, especially if we've got people in a distributed team, there always is a risk that you go to the same group of people. To your point before, if you've got people on an early shift and you're in early as a team leader, that actually that group that started eight o'clock with you will get all the good jobs for the day potentially. And then by the yeah. time I come in at 12 o'clock in the afternoon, all that kind of overtime's gone, that special project work's been given out already and, and, and I've not had the chance to kind of get involved. You know, we've involved everyone and involved the people in terms of what they want to do. So once you understand what their development path is, you understand what their ambition is and, and, and where they want to get, you can start to involve people differently and go, you know what, I can concentrate on that, but then get the agreement across the team and say, this is what I'm looking to do. Is everyone happy with that? Rather than it being a, a kind of, um, you know, I'm just going to do it and hopefully everyone likes what I'm doing. You know, I think we've got to be really mindful of making sure we don't forget about people uh, and don't forget about where people want to be. And I've worked with people that have been ambitious and wanted to progress, and I can tailor their development to do that. But I've also worked with people that, you know, quite happy, quite happy sitting there for the rest of their career, yeah. just answering calls nine to five, and they're fine with that. They've got no other ambition, but what they want to be is the best they can be in that role. So, you know, I can then involve them and do things with them that makes them the best that they can be. Um, you know, so I think, yeah, you know, let's just not forget people. I think we we, we run the risk of doing it because of the, the nature of our business. 
And that runs nicely actually into your next one, number nine, which was delegate. Yeah, again, you know, you, you can't you don't have to do everything yourself. Well, you don't, right? And we've probably all tried to, but it's not healthy. And part of development for yourself is the ability to delegate and have confidence in people to, to be able to do things. I'm not saying delegate everything because it's tasks you don't like doing, you know. So go back to that, you know, I've seen it before. Uh, Martin, uh, you're today. You can be on manager escalations because I can't be bothered taking them calls. Yeah. <laughs> you know, be careful yeah. what we delegate. And yeah, yeah, you know, it's like, you know, don't just give away the stuff that you don't like doing. Goes back to everything we said individuality, personal development, personal growth, and then utilizing your team's strength to kind of A, develop themselves, but B, give you time to do some of the value activities. So if you've got tasks and things that are taking up, the time that you need developing your team, then some of that can be delegated. You know, I would imagine you can delegate some of that activity that then makes sure you're not cancelling those coaching sessions, you're not cancelling those one-to-ones, and you're actually giving your team something, you know, additionally uh, valuable to do in terms of their yeah. own personal growth. So, you know, yeah, delegate, learn to delegate. Um, if you don't learn to delegate, you'll become very bogged down very quickly. Don't, and don't underestimate the power of giving people something to do um, that breaks up their that breaks up their day. So I had a, a team leader and she said, I really struggle getting ready to do my morning brief with the guys because I have to update the whiteboard, update our figures, complete some other paperwork. And I said, look, you've got 12 to 15 people who might jump at the chance. And we just, we pretty much delegated everything. So you had someone that updated the whiteboard. What did that do? Sounds menial, but actually got them involved in knowing what the figures were and how to check on the systems what the what our figures were. You know, we had people looking out for um, the wall boards and calls queuing and things like that. We yeah. had people that completed reports every day and and so on and so on, you know, and it kind of, um, you've got to just ask. You'll be surprised. You will be surprised if you yeah. ask. Agreed. I've got a list, a list of tasks here. Does anybody want to do them? Yeah. And, you know, go back, ask. Yeah, people will jump at the chance to do stuff, you know, and I think just, I don't, I, don't, I, I can't relate to people that want to take on everything and not actually look at it as an opportunity to use some of that activity to to a develop people but give people some responsibility for 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 stuff and you know there's lots of those things that we can do so yeah learning to delegate and delegating smartly and 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 consistently it's a skill it's a skill that needs developing make sure you delegate in the right work you know you delegate to people that have got the right capabilities and and things like that but yeah it's a a critical part i think being a team leader the ability to delegate love it number 10 be decisive Yes, indecision is the root of all evil. That's what I say. Um, and I think we you have to be, right? And I just, if we don't make decisions quickly, I'm not saying make rash decisions, make well thought out decisions, but be decisive. Don't kind of flip-flop between one way or the other. I think there has to be a level of decisiveness because it builds, again, credibility, 
builds respect within your team when you are decisive on issues, you know, decisive on you know, what the reward might be, what even the punishment might be, you know, all those things of kind of going, let's be decisive in how we approach the day, how we approach our, our kind of um, our, our, our team. I think if every time you get asked a question, you can't give an answer or make a decision, you'll soon get get me stopped asking questions right so people just go i'm not going to ask him a question because he never gives me a right get the magic eight ball yeah yeah but but it's that is that thing of going you know i've seen it a few times in my career where you'll see something happening in the operation and an advisor will get up and will walk past three team leaders to get to one (laughs) at the end of the contact center because the no they'll get a the right support, the right help, the right thing, and they know the other three will either fob them off, not give them an answer now, and then there's not the no further forward. So yeah, it is. We've just, you know, it's indecision is is I think it's it's a really bad trait, um, and one that when we're in a leadership position, we need to be mindful of. You know, how do we make that decision? How can we be decisive and and make sure everyone knows where they stand uh, quickly. Love it. Um, so I've got, I've, I've added a couple of others. See what you think of these. Um, so number 11, establish relationships. And I don't mean within your team uh, and assume peers and your line manager. I mean with the support functions in the contact centre. So um, go and see them, go and spend some time with them, introduce yourself, get to know them i did it i did it in every department so whether it was finance uh, workforce management obviously hr spent a lot of time there um only understanding policies (laughs) (laughs) only you know uh, policies and things um uh what's even facilities you know just make sure that people people know who you are i think it's it's really important that you can a utilize those relationships when you need them, but b you get a better understanding of where you are and the decisions you make about your team yeah. sit within the contact center. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I think relationship building is critical outside of the contact center. Um, HR is a good one, so get to know your HR rep because they are your lifeline when it comes to policy and 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 things that are you know. You might go years without dealing with a difficult situation within your team, but guarantee at some point you will. Um, and then having that HR representative being, you know, you've built that relationship, they can help you and guide you through any process that you need to, if that's critical. I think, you know, some of the other contact centre supporting functions, the resource planning team, they're your best mate. You know, they have to be your best mate because they yeah. influence a lot of everything. So get to know your planning team, get to understand their planning process and, you know, how are they, you know, how are they actually set up to, to forecast and schedule and, you know, all those little things that we take for granted around, you know, time off and rearranging coaching sessions and those types of things. If you know your planning team and you understand their process, helping that decision making process for you going forward becomes really easy. You know, and I think everyone outside of that, the quality team, if you've got a, a separate team for that, I think they're really important to understand again, building your knowledge and confidence around why they do things the way they do it, what's important to them, what are their outcomes and 
what are they what are they being measured on and stuff like you know sometimes we have this type of relationship with other functions within the contact center outside of the, the you know the front line and it needs to be more of a collaboration than 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 headbutting um because they're all being managed to a certain standard and if we don't understand what each other's standard and expectations are will never work cohesively as a as a as a unit so yeah establishing relationships outside of that kind of contact center for me yeah really important it's a good one and this and the last one is actually you sent it at the bottom of your list in caps um it wasn't the don't be a dick one it was um <laughs> enjoy it and and that's one as well i i just think is really important that too many times i've seen team leaders look like they're carrying the weight of the world on their shoulders and they kind of play up to it. So they're always walking around looking stressed. And um, we had to move some teams around because there's some new starters. And I had a particular team leader who always looked stressed, was always, I'm too busy. Um, again, looked really unhappy all the time. Um, and people didn't want to move into his team because of that. And I just think, there's nothing. You're, this is a great role if you if you can just enjoy it. You're you're going to work with up to fifteen, maybe even twenty people who look to you for leadership. And being a leader isn't being the most stressed person. You're sending out all the wrong signals. And if you are in ha unhappy in the role, then you need to do something about it or question whether you're in that role because it shouldn't be a role that makes you miserable. Me, I'll say it. If you enjoy it, you never work a day in your life, right? And that's, I think it's true. I think in terms of enjoying this role, I think it's such a perfect position in the sense that, A, you've got loads of capability to still grow and develop, but you've also got that responsibility that allows you to develop your own character and your personality and your style and all those things. And I think... If you're not enjoying it, back to your point, you need to question if the role's right for you, because I think it can be one of the most rewarding roles that you'll have in your career. You know, and I look back at the lessons I learned as a team leader 20 years ago and still learn from them today. You know, mm. they were the building blocks in terms of who I became as I became, you know, an adult, for want of a better phrase. But as I grew up, and as I, yeah, you know, as I grew up and, and started to develop, the lessons I learned when I was a team leader, you know, they're what shaped me into the man that I am today. And did I make some bad decisions when I was a team leader? Yeah. Did I do some wrong things when I was a team leader? Yeah, for sure I did. You know, I think, you know, most people would be lying if they say they go through everything and it's been perfect. I think, but it's those things that although we fear failure, that actually those small failures are what you then use to learn and develop and become better going forward. So soak it in now, take it in now, enjoy mm. it now, because it's over like that. It's in a flash, right? Unless yeah. You, end up, yeah. you know, if, if, if your career decisions stay there, you know, I was a team leader probably for two years, really. And then I moved mm. into a training role and then into an ops leadership role and then 
kind of went from there. So that period of being a team leader was relatively short in my career, but I probably learned more in that short period than I have done in any other role I've had. Exactly. Well, um, Chris, thank you so much for sharing your um, wisdom. We'll make the tips available um, all over the place that you can find. Get out a wrap. We're all repping it, aren't we, today, Chris? Look, you've got the T-shirt, yeah, the phone um, case. Fully branded. Full, full duvet set and pillow coming. Get <laughs> some wallpaper. <laughs> um, but, Chris, thanks very much. Like I said, we're going to be doing a... Um, series of these so um try we're going to try and do one once a week once every other week um in amongst all the usual episodes and hopefully you will have gained something from it um chris thanks a lot for you're kind of we're kind of like a double act now my pleasure yeah i feel like uh I feel like, yeah, I spend more time talking. I'm Northern Correspondent. <laughs> <laughs> and for those of you who don't know, Lee, uh, Chris did have a Leeds um, backdrop on. So haven't Leeds done well this season, mate? Been great, mate. You know, I've had the season of my life. And it's been, you know, I, I kind of go back to when we went into Europe and the last time I watched every game in the season was the season we went to the San Siro and, and, and beat AC Milan and got to the semi-finals, the Champions League. That was the last time I'd been to every game in the season. And then circumstance and work and moving kind of slowly diminished. And this has been the first season in forever long that I've actually watched every game of the season because of, unfortunately, COVID situation. But that meant that every game has been shown. So actually to see our progression over this year, watches and how we've played football now, but tactic has, uh, has made my absolute year, really. it's uh, It's... Uh, yeah, let's see what we do next year. <laughs> Champions. That's what I'm saying. First. <laughs> That's going to be Tottenham, mate. We're going to go from bust to boom. <laughs> well, something's got to change, hasn't it? <laughs> you know, well, we're either going to do really well or everything's going to fall apart. So I kind of flip-flop between the two every every other minute. <laughs> something's got to change. But it's been a funny season this season. I, you know, I kind of look at it and go, funny you know, if you look, every Premier League, every, every season in the Premier League, you know, you've needed 40 points to be safe, right? And if you look at it this year, 29 points would have kept you safe. I mean, that, for me, just stays. I don't think it says the league's been any less quality. It's just been a really strange season because of the lack of fans. And I think that's impacted a lot of teams in terms of that fourth, you know, that, that extra man that you get from, from having that kind of atmosphere and the team, you know, getting behind you and, and getting the adrenaline going. So hopefully next year... Everyone's back in. We've got full crowds, and, and and the league will rebalance itself a bit. So join us next week on Leeds and Tottenham TV for another <laughs> episode. <laughs> Thanks, mate. Cheers, mate. Speak to you soon. Bye bye. Book your New Jersey summer getaway now. Go for sunshine vibes and beach and boardwalk fun. Discover parks, forests, and family attractions, distinctive dining, and inspiring art, history, and culture. Stay in an urban oasis, an Oceanside Inn, or other unique accommodations. Boost your mood in New Jersey's feel-great destinations. Create your escape at visitnj.org slash book now.